Hello and welcome to today's episode of Market Talk. Uh, we're delighted to be joined by Gary Hunter, who is the Deputy Executive Principal at Westminster Kingsway College, uh, and also Alex Bradley, Director of Restaurant Design Associates. Hi there both, thank you for, thank you for joining us this week. Um, Gary, let's let's start with with you. Obviously, your uh, college that you that you work at is, is renowned for the catering and hospitality courses that it that it runs. Uh, it's a fantastic breeding ground for for new industry talent. Um, can you share a little bit about what it's been like over the last eight months and, and how you've how you've really kind of been adapting to a to a COVID world, as it were? Yes, thank you, thank you, and that's very very kind for you to say that as well. Um, we. Uh, we went into lockdown or the first lockdown uh, i think it was around the 20th of march um, we had a, a pretty good idea maybe about two weeks beforehand that it was probably going to work out like that um, the signs that were coming from the department for education um, you know we, we, we suspected that um, ironically uh, we, we have a, a, a teaching and learning strategy uh, that we that we write and uh, review every two to five years and uh, part of our strategy was to um, to try and create a blended learning solution where we would do mostly mostly face-to-face uh, -face and partly online uh, and that online bit would be about 25 percent uh, by 2025 um, within two weeks we went 100 percent online <laughs> so we, we absolutely smashed that on uh, you yeah, so so you know 2025 is no longer needed as a as a target for us um, and that meant uh, in, in those two weeks before we actually went on to a full lockdown of training up, um, you know, around 450 members of, of staff uh, and around 13,000 students to receive uh, their teaching wholly online in, in their, their own homes uh, as such, uh, which then presented us with many, many difficulties, not because nobody was skilled to, to, to deliver that, because we found that uh, there were issues around um, uh, digital poverty. Um, uh, there were many, many issues around our students to start off with. 30% of our students didn't have access to uh, Wi-Fi or uh, a, a laptop uh, or a device that was meaningful enough for them to achieve uh, um, a real engagement of teaching and learning. So we had to do a lot of work in terms of um, uh, funding these students to to either receive that digital capability or, or vouchers so that they can buy that digital capability and get them right in front of us to do online learning. So that was really, really tough in those first few weeks to just to see where we were at. Uh, we were doing lots of student surveys just to see how they were feeling. Staff student surveys as well were, you know, about uh, well-being and mindfulness as well. And just to do everything that we possibly could to support everybody at that point in time. We thought it was only going to be about two weeks, you know, get through to Easter, half term, and then maybe after that we'd come back and everything would be okay again. And, uh, and here we are in the second lockdown. But the second lockdown is a lot easier for us because we're still teaching face-to-face -face as much as we possibly can uh, and dealing with um, you know, minor breakouts from you know, every, every now and then um, and uh, just continuing to, to teach as much as we possibly can at the moment. Obviously, with our two restaurants being closed down, which is a bit of a shame, uh, but we, know, we understand the reasons why. And, um, uh, and have worked around that, you know, so we are still doing 
food service in you know one of the restaurants but we're doing it to a closed door of students and staff instead um so we're getting around things and getting around those situations oh, yeah, that's that's let alexander come in there i think <laughs> well just one more question i was going to yeah. ask you guy which is i came to see you a couple of years back at the college and you showed me around the, the facilities there and um you know, one of the things that was immediately apparent was was just the level of um, sort of practical teaching that goes on and, and the students are moving around in, in kitchen yeah. facilities that resemble yeah. what they would see in the industry. Presumably that practical aspect of it is kind of really taking a hit at the moment. It, it has. Um, um, not, not now it hasn't because we're still getting students in so they get all of that practical work still done. We have to modify it slightly so obviously you know, a lot of that is centered around the, the, the running of our two busy restaurants. Um, but uh, but we, we still have the kitchens open, we still have the restaurants, uh, service teams teaching and learning and doing that practical aspect. We just need to just change it slightly. Um, one of the things, obviously, when we went down in that first lockdown, a lot of the practical work just stopped. Um, and as you, you, you quite rightly say about our rotation systems, where they, they, they go from kitchen area to kitchen area uh, every six weeks or so, um, you know, we were having whole groups of students missing out some of those rotational areas. So they've had to come back. Um, and what we've had to do is to really, really short, sharp, bridging courses uh, to get those skills back into the students. And that's been quite tough. Um, so as the students have progressed from last year to the new academic year, you know, we've had to upskill them pretty quickly to get them to a point where we expect them to be at in September, but actually get them there for October, as well as still teaching them the new curriculum. So that's been very, very tough for us. Um, but we're getting there. Um, and that's why we were determined, you know, this is part of the second lockdown, to really maintain that, uh, that, that practical element as much as we possibly can, because it's crucial for our students. So, you know, after all, everything that they do is vocational, uh, and only a certain amount of stuff that we can do is going to be face-to-face uh, you know, -face or online and theory-based. Um, so we, you know, it, it's crucial we continue to do that. I know every college up and down the country have been, been playing around with that uh, conundrum as well. We were the first college in the UK to, to reopen our restaurants. You know, by the 28th of September, both our restaurants were open um, and our, our atrium cafeteria was open as well. Um, so, so, and that was great because it was important for our students to understand what it's going to be like for them out in the industry when they go into their part-time work eventually or when they go full-time out in the industry and having to cope with COVID-19 and the, the guidelines and the regulations around your know, self safe working practices. So we have to be able to create uh, the groundwork for that and, and lead on that as much as we possibly can. Um, but also I felt we had to shoulder that responsibility and open those restaurants up alongside our colleagues in hospitality and be part of that commitment as well. And, um, you know, and feel some of their pain that they were going through um, in, in a smaller way um, just so that our students could be part of that. I thought that was really important for us. Great stuff, Gary. Sounds like there's a lot going on there. 
Um, so just to bring you into the conversation, Alex, um, RDA is actually quite strong in the educational sector because I think you guys did a, a major project at Cranfield University just before the first lockdown. So how has that sector been since and uh, how has it compared to the, all of the others that you work within? It's been quite similar to the others, to be honest, um, as Guy was saying. Um, a lot of the students are now brought up to be ready to sort of hit the ground running um, in terms of a, a real life uh, business and industry sector or whether it's a hospitality sector um, sort of education that they're getting. So a lot of the education facilities that we deal with and all of our clientele, they have the same challenges that the business and industry sector has, that, they, that they, our sort of NHS and healthcare sector has, uh, that our high street sector has, that, that it's just this element of unknown. Um, so they're not sure when to invest, how much to invest, uh, should they fix things and try and keep it ticking over rather than looking at doing new installations. Um, so we, we've seen a lot of uh, sort of nervousness, um, confidence hasn't quite returned just yet. So the majority of our projects probably were put back in education that we had going on. Um, we had a few large university projects which we were you know, pretty sure were going to be happening this summer. Uh, obviously they haven't due to the pandemic. Um, the institutions at the end of the day um, they, they, they need to to earn money and they need to have money available to make these these investments for, for world-class facilities uh, with no students on site it's no different from 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 a restaurant with no customers um, they, they, they need to rely on this income clearly uh, Gary will probably tell you more than more than anybody else yes. uh, to be able to, to deliver world-class facilities um, we like to be part of that but we, we totally understand that um, this year, unfortunately, wasn't the right time for it. So we, we have seen a lot being put back because of that. Yeah, and, and how has RDA coped itself? Because with the two lockdown periods now, how quickly did you manage to adapt? And has the second lockdown period been any different to the first for you? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, the first lockdown period was, was quite sort of interesting when it first started, very similar again to, to Gary, I remember the day well, um, all of the staff coming into the head office where we were taking kind of uh, monitors home so that they can they're all set up to work remotely anyway, but have a proper setup in the house. And it was kind of this vibe of, okay, we'll see you in a couple of weeks when this is all blows over. <laughs> and here we are kind of up to Christmas wondering if we're gonna see our families. Um, so it's, it's, it's taken its toll on everybody, definitely. Um, certainly on the business as well. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're in the same boat as everybody else, kind of turnover is down. Um, cash flow is more difficult to manage than it usually is, but we've, we've, we've adapted, we've put a big emphasis on our design work uh, rather than the fit out work, while the investments are just not there for that sort of thing. Um, we've, we've done a lot in design, um, sort of chargeable work to keep the cash flow going, uh, to keep cash receipts coming in, everything that we can do. Uh, we've diversified sort of the projects that we're doing so less emphasis actually on sort of catering works this year even we've been doing um office fit outs um a couple of office refurbishments new office designs for, for new clients so we've dealt with previously who are looking to to, to, to invest because i think that it's a good time while there's nobody in these office spaces so we've really kind of pushed the boat out in terms of what we can do with our team in-house um doing my we're designers we're space planners we're problem solvers we're interior designers we can adapt those skill sets and apply them to different industries quite easily. So we've been quite fortunate in, in that regard. Um, also quite fortunate in our overheads aren't massive for the business because we, we still contract out a lot of what we do. 
in terms of all the fabrication, um, all the on-site installations, transport. Um, we only actually have the project managers in-house and the design teams in-house, which we do very well, but um, it, it obviously helps when we don't have as many mouths to feed times, times like this. Um, finally, the biggest help that we've seen has been through our supply chain, um, all of these suppliers for the catering industry. Sort of they've all stood up together. I've been told by numerous suppliers um, from UK to Germany to <laughs> the different sort of suppliers that we use through the industry. Uh, they've, they've all told me the line that they think we are kind of in this together. Um, they've given us uh, the payment terms if we need them. Um, they've, they've helped us with with deliveries, delayed deliveries, delayed invoicing, uh, working out payment plans with clients. Um, they've been really, really helpful. They really helped us get through this and made uh, made our jobs easier as well. And Alex, I know you're based in the northeast, but you do a lot of work around the, the country. Um, you know, when, when this lockdown ends, there's, there's every chance it's likely that we're going to go back into a, a tiered system again. How, how much does that tiered system impact your, your business and where the business comes from, or how much did it, did you know did that create any issues before the current lockdown was introduced? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one actually because we have uh, kind of half of our team are actually based in in this office in, in the northeast. And then the other half are remote around kind of Manchester, Stockport, London, um, all over really. So um, it's kind of, we usually ring them and before we kind of send them out onto the road or we've got this really good lead for you to have a look at, it, it's this extra level that we have to go through. We have to check what stage are you in at the moment, where you live, uh, can you actually leave, can you go and visit these people? Um, it's, there's, there's just all, all of these extra steps to go through and that's before we've even thinking about the logistics of going onto site uh, to serving an area that may be occupied uh, the health and safety protocols that we have to put in place for that. Um, you know, programs for works are generally extended because we can't have as many trades on site at one time. Can't have as many bodies on site and certainly in smaller confined spaces. Um, so it, it is tricky. Um, but we've generally seen the work still coming through uh, from, from a decent spread in the UK, um, including Scotland. So we haven't been impacted as such as some areas have shut down more than others in terms of still thinking ahead to the future. So I think that's quite positive. Sure, okay, that's good to hear. And, and Gary, just bringing the conversation back to yourself, um, I, was, I was keen to know what the mood is like among your students at the moment, particularly if you, if you take the students that are going into their, their final year now. Um, is there a concern that the, you know, when it comes to particularly those taking the chef courses, there just won't be the opportunities for them in the industry that there, there perhaps would have been when they began their course? We, we thought um, when we went through into the recruitment and the enrollment process in September, um, that we would be looking at a downfall of students um, coming into our first year because they'd be put off by what they've seen with the hospitality industry absolutely getting hammered. Um, but we hit target. Uh, in fact, we just came in just over target and our targets are probably you know, the biggest uh, target for full-time first-year students in the country. You know, it's in the hundreds. Uh, and so, um, so that, that's been really, really good for us. And we were very surprised about that. Um, the enthusiasm that the students have for the industry already is, is very, very strong. Um, and yes, they are worried. Uh, graduating students um, from last year, uh, it was tough for them to you know, go from being offered a job. Uh, and a lot of our students are offered uh, job roles um, you know, come January time, even before they finish their academic study with us and pass the qualification, uh, they have at least one, if not two, job offers in their back pocket. And, and so some of our students had those withdrawn. Um, and so we had to, 
we had to work with them to try and find alternative employment. I'm, and I'm not knocking the, the employers at all because they had to do what they had to do for the livelihoods of their businesses. Uh, and we totally understand that. Um, but eventually we found jobs for every single student that graduated last year. Um, it, you know, it took a while, you know, and it went into October, um, but you know, they are there and, uh, and, and are in the industry. We hope, fingers crossed that, you know, when we, when we come out of uh, December and we're into January, that, um, that somehow the, the, the government will find a way to, to, to reopen the hospitality industry and really, really kickstart that, that, uh, that business again. We are crucial to the well-being of the country. And, and so, so, so it is important that we, we get hospitality back on its feet again. Um, and then our students can then get jobs and, and contribute to the economy. I think that's it's really important, not just for us, but for every, uh, every college up and down the country at the moment to achieve that. Um, so it's not easy. Um, but we, we've been lucky, we, you know, the students are there, uh, they, they, they are um, uh, worried, but, but equally at the same time, they love the industry, you know, they, they take on board the enthusiasm that the team have for the industry, and um, they, they absolutely love it. So, um, you know, there is apprehension, uh, but equally there is, there is real passion uh, to get out there, to get a job and make a difference. Absolutely. I hope that that, that that positive attitude will continue, Gary. Um, so in, in terms of, say, the kitchen equipment that, that you have fitted at Westminster Kingsway, how have you managed to kind of keep that up to date throughout the, uh, throughout the lockdown periods? And how engaged are you with getting students trained on the most up-to-date equipment at the moment? Uh, this is, this is um, something that's I won't say it's been a problem. It's a challenge for us um, because, you know, uh, as every college is, you know, we are government funded. Um, we have to find other ways of, uh, of increasing our funding as, as, as we go along. And we've always worked closely with partners in the industry, uh, sponsors with the industry to help us to do that. And, you know, and so, you know, we work closely with uh, uh, Bradley Smokers. Um, we, we have um, many, many other uh, equipment suppliers as well that work alongside us so that we can put in front of the student some of the most up-to-date uh, kit that we, we possibly can um, because it's important incredibly important that um, they, they work with the, this kit and they work with the, the equipment um, that they're going to be working with as soon as they get out into the industry um, so you, we, we, we're talking to suppliers all the time on various projects uh, that, that, that they can do with, that, with our students, not just suppliers in terms of kit, but suppliers in terms of ingredients as well. You know, we have long-standing um, uh, relationship with, with, with companies such as Calabo uh, and Boiron. Um, you know, the Chef magazine do a lot of work with us to, to, to help support that too. Um, and then, so the more that we can plug into our, our um, you know, the industry uh, and, and, and create these strong relationships, uh, the, the more important it is for our students to be able to plug in and engage with that too. And then they get more out of it. Um, so th that is a real strong facet for the whole team. Um, and, you know, we've, we've, we've updated kitchens uh, every two or three years purely because we need 
new kit in there, not specifically because the, the students bash bash it to pieces, but uh, but because you know, we have you know something new comes out, um, you know thermomixers, uh, Paco jets, you name it, you know we need that kit there in front of our students so that they they can use it and get used to it, um, and yeah, and our, our lecturers as well, you know we need to update ourselves uh, on some of this new kit that's coming out. So it's crucial that we we're not just seen to be sitting there and you know saucepans and, and wooden wooden spoons and making bechamel sauce all the time. It's far far beyond that now. This is fit for purpose, fit for the industry. Good stuff, Gary. Um, coming back to you, Alex. I say, kind of drawing that thread together of uh, the supplier relationships, and you mentioned before that a lot of them have emphasised that we're all in it together. How have your relationships with catering equipment suppliers? evolved uh, and progressed over this last few months have they been on a positive uh, upward curve or, or have, have you seen some kind of drop away and go quiet uh, no, everything has been positive to be honest um, given it is to sound quite surprising given that the negativity that we've that we've all faced but um, we haven't had any you know fallout so we haven't had anybody drop off our supply chain uh, we haven't been looking elsewhere to source other products everything's been been very sort of amicably agreed and we've tried to keep lines of communication open every single week with suppliers um just to tell them why orders are delayed that we're, that we're expecting to get this year from us um why our spend is down when it's usually been kind of up and up for the last two years now um but everybody's everybody's quite understanding of it they're all, they're all, everyone's got the same challenges i think this year um you know, we work with the, the biggest catering suppliers in, in in the world, basically in terms of catering equipment. Um, most of them are definitely on our on our food supply chain. Um, we do a lot through some fine consortiums in, in the UK as well. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a good discussion that's needed. That we have quite often um, sort of seamless stakeholders within the companies. Um, and if we've got problems in even outstanding invoices, that, that we, we can't pay the terms just because our clients aren't paying us the terms um, and it's getting passed down the chain and we just open up the lines of communication um, hopefully honesty is clearly the best policy when it comes to this sort of thing um, explain to them what the problem is what the new payment plan is what we've been told by our clients and like i say everyone's been very amicable with it um, hopefully that's the situation that, um, everybody's kind of experiencing in the industry i think it kind of is from, from, from what i'm speaking to sort of some of our competitors even um from other sort of design houses and project management firms uh, and the rest of our suppliers uh, everywhere seems to be in the same boat here um, no one's expecting things to shift overnight at the moment but um, everyone's quite respectful of trying to do little bits um, as, as often as we can and Alex you were commissioned recently to do a piece of work looking at what sort of a, the restaurant of the future might look like uh, and taking into account um, obviously what's happened over the past few months and the impact of Covid on future sort of restaurant design, what were the kind of core conclusions to, to come from that? Uh, it was a very interesting panel, actually, um, discussion that we were kind of invited to initially from one of our big clients, um, ISS. So ISS, a facilities management company, but also do cat uh, contract catering. We've got a strong contract catering on. Um, so it was a mixture of the contract catering side of the business and the facilities management side of the business who had formed a sort of task force. Um, incorporated of not just the UK team but um, teams from sort of America and other, other countries as well uh, to have to have some input in this 
and we had a good range of people on this on this task force um not just from a kind of um, operations and directors um, side of point, point of view but we had people who were on the ground operating these facilities as well um, running these day-to-day -day kitchens and serveries for, for staff um, for, for, for students in education uh, for healthcare environments so we had a, a really good panel discussion um, to form a list of key points and key considerations uh, those key considerations for the next step were graded from a grading of 1 to 10 for everybody within the panel and then we focused on what everybody recognised as being the most important that we needed to fix, or at least we needed to have solutions to, uh, should, should problems arise or become become greater. Uh, key findings were quite interesting, actually. Um, one of the, the, the main sort of takeaways from it was that um, it's it logically about a confidence issue with the end user or customer or student or patient, depending on what the facility is. So uh, choice was the was the biggest outcome of that. Um, a, a large emphasis on giving everybody choice and there's a choice how to go about um, getting goods, how to go about getting getting a drink from a vending machine, um, how to go about ordering, how to go about leaving a restaurant, are you walking past people? So we, we came up with an ideal system which was sort of it gives them kind of four different three or four different routes uh, depending on what the facility is, uh, what sort of space is available, if there's an intention to refurbish any kind of space or just to adapt what's what's there currently to make it safe. Um, so, you know, we had we had a route for a standard sort of grab-and-go line, which we've been developing, um, which is a touch-free grab-and-go system, touch-free payment system at the end. Uh, you don't need, need to make contact with anybody while you're doing that. Um, we had a system for contactless uh, ordering on mobile phones, and it's a sort of streamlined lane right to a seating area if you want. You can go and sit down in a, in a, in a restaurant, whether it's a staff canteen, or a um, sort of catering canteen within a, within a college or university or, or, or school. Um, and the food's actually brought to you on the table. So again, there's, there's very minimal contact there. We did app ordering where you can go and pick the food up, collect it for more of a B&I sort of setting, business and industry. You can take it back to your desk and eat it there. Um, or, or take it home with you if you're working from home. Um, we did a system where it's a more standard route for people who are more comfortable. So it's a standard kind of hot and cold servery offer with with Sort of safety hygienic screens up um, there's, there's, there's lots of different routes and they're all built into this same ideal uh, sort of restaurant scenario and the, the thought process behind it was so that you wouldn't necessarily take all of these findings and apply them to every single job but it's kind of a shopping list of maybe 30 50 items that we came up with where you can pick and choose and it'll help our designers to to adapt um different sort of layouts and designs depending on different clients just where we are with everything, where the country is with it, and what where, where the end users are, how comfortable people are going to be feeling. Um, so that we've got that knowledge, having, having having gone through that exercise, all of our designers are, have got that knowledge. Our project management team were, were were part of it, so they've got the knowledge, and it's going to help us in in the future to to think about these issues. Sure, Alexander, we, we we've got some we've got some space here if you want to build a prototype of Westminster. Yeah, well, <laughs> we have got a few prototypes on the go, so we'll, uh, we'll send you some drawings and plans. <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're reaching time for this week, so, so Gary, we'll just, we'll just end with a note from you. Um, Alex obviously talked there about what the future of, uh, of restaurants and kitchens might look like. I'm, I'm guessing this is something that you're constantly looking at as well in order to keep your you know, students right up to date with new trends and so on. Are there any aspects um, from an equipment point of view that you're looking to bring into your kitchens in 2021 or any new new kinds of techniques or particular cuisine types you'll be teaching? It's, it's interesting actually because um, Westminster Kingsway College is part of a wider group. The, um, the uh, 
CCCG, which is the uh, Capital City College Group. Uh, there's two other large colleges within London that, uh, that we're part of, this, this big family. That's 11 campuses. Um, and uh, we're the only campus here in Victoria where we uh, do all of the food uh, service and uh, uh, for students and staff. Um, the rest of the campuses will have a, a, a contract caterer coming in. Um, and what we are looking to do eventually is to create our own centralised kitchen production system to go out to satellite kitchens uh, on these centres and be to, to, to run it by our own um, our students and our own uh, commercial um, uh, company that we that we want to fit up. So really, over the next two years, this is a, a big focus for us. Um, partly because we want to be able to create uh, jobs um, for, for students. Um, and we're doing a lot of work with the Goring Hotel at the moment um, as, as part of their hotel school that they run for homeless uh, students as well. And we want to be able to create pathways into employment for them too. Um, so this is a whole part of a big, big, bigger project. But obviously, we need to build that infrastructure. And uh, so what we need to do now is to start to consider about where the best places are to have, have these, these kitchens, these satellite kitchens within the campuses and where to have this centralised kitchen as well. What does it look like? What technology we need to use? So there's a massive learning curve here for us as a, as a college group um, in, in order to, to plug this into and, and, and see how we can take it forward, which is why we need to work with people like Alexander. <laughs> That's a great, great note to end on, and, and also reflective of almost what's happening on the delivery side of the market now, where we see a lot of these, you know, dark kitchens and kind of regional kitchens uh, popping up. So it'll be interesting to see how that that develops next year. Um, wish you the best of luck with that, and thank you also to Alex for joining us today and, and giving your insight. Um, great to hear from you both, and we'll be back uh, next week with another episode of Market Talk.